Contemplated taking over um, reality. Taking over reality. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't think I have. Well, why not? That's kind of unambitious of you. First off, it seems like a big responsibility. Not if you own the whole reality. <laughs> That's you can't just be in right. charge of the cosmos because then you're in the cosmos. Yeah. And you can't be like buddies with God. You got to be his boss. <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's generally how it goes. And as far as ambitious goals go, I have like no mediocre ones. It's either nothing or <laughs> everything. And that's why I don't get anything done, Adam. Okay. A man of extremes. Yeah. So, step one is to convince yourself that you live in a universe. Oh, this is how to take over reality. This is a, a plan if you were <laughs> okay. trying to. Okay. Um, yeah, so step one is convince yourself truly that you live in an infinite universe with finite molecules in it. Okay. Yeah. Infinite universe, it's, finite molecules. It's very Got important it. that you believe that all the way, 100%. <laughs> okay. And then you have to further convince yourself that if the universe is infinite and the molecules finite, that... The farther away you go, the more of a chance there is that you're going to repeat what's going on. Okay. So if you travel sufficiently far, the statistical likelihood of you meeting yourself goes up mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the exact same situation. So you get on that little AI fucking algorithm -y thing there and go and put, put yourself together a bunch of uh, where other yous in the cosmos might be. Okay. That's just this universe. That's step, yeah. step one. Then you got to, at the same point in time, start writing yourself letters <laughs> and okay. making plans with yourself in different time fields. Is this like an army of you kind mm, of deal? Sort of. It <laughs> depends right. on how it shakes out. We'll find out. <laughs> but you have to convince yourself that you're going to get enough other people to do that as well and then find some way of like basically broadcasting said information to other people. It's important to go with uh, different times in case one of you guys figures out time travel. Okay. So you got to start setting up uh, lunches for yourself, with yourself, in yeah. the future, and actually taking those lunches. Like, you got to show up. Put the work <laughs> in. You say you're going to be at an Arby's in fucking 2025 at 3.30 in the afternoon. You got to be there, because what if you're also there? Yeah. All right. You start getting all of that shit together. Now we've got like the entire cosmos in there. The reason why it's important to try and get your time travel buddies in on it is it the next thing you have to do is convince yourself that every time you time travel, you don't actually time travel. You just go to a different universe with a different set of everything. You know, general multiverse rules. Okay. But using the quantum breakdown, like split off pattern where all of them exist still. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then you repeat that for all <laughs> of those universes. And you guys, you can just make yourself a little little buddy club. Start putting together plans, building bridges. And you have an infinite bunches of views stretching across the infinite universe. 
and you know all of reality nice yeah do you think you'd get tired of hanging out with you i mean you don't have to to hang out with you exclusively and realistically speaking there's only actually really one of you per planet right and unless you really wanted to i guess you could try and find some like null point in time space to hang out but there's a lot of other issues with like how does (laughs) antimatter if it's real deal with you guys touching or is there one of you that is antimatter uh is the whole weird shift thing where it's like there might also be parallel use 0.1 bajillionth of a micron away from you with just different shifted atoms Mm. not to use the little ones yeah so that's that's a lot of how when i'm like sculpting and stuff because i like to (laughs) completely abuse um all scientific theory okay it makes the world more fun but that's one of the things that i'm doing in my head is uh i'm making the noises and shit of whatever it is because it just kind of somehow pops up as like in almost completeness which is weird like if i make something so i do that and then i apply it to the likelihood that a real one would exist in nature wait i think you lost me here of anything i'm producing Okay, so you produce something. Anything. And then? And then, <laughs> based on your whole little army of views and the uh-huh. finite everything, yep, you yep. only have to do some traveling to find the real one. Because eventually, mm, statistically gotcha. speaking, there is a you that did just build the real one. Or if it comes to organisms, like you, so long as built them up properly, probably they exist. If you follow, like, sense while you're making them. Yeah, so like a, it's a copy machine, basically? Sort of. It's more of a wish fulfillment machine. <laughs> so if I decide to do something weird, like make a scene of um, like Bebop from the Ninja Turtles. Was he the rhino or the pig? I always get it mixed up. He was the pig. Bebop is the pig. Yeah, Rocksteady Rock is the rhino. Okay, that makes sense. I gotta remember that. Rocksteady, rhino. I R- also get R- him confused, and I bet you we just did, because you made <laughs> me think about it, and that's the way my brain works. But if Dang. I want to make like a scene of that guy, you know, taking a shit, reading yeah. a magazine, okay, I get to know <laughs> in my heart of hearts that somewhere several thousand light years away, there is a bioly engineer, biologically engineered fucking warthog. I'm pretty sure he's a warthog. Yeah, Havelina, Warthog. There's a big difference between those things, Adam. (laughs) He is a Warthog. Yeah, also, like, Havelinas everywhere just got offended. (laughs) Dude, Havelinas are something I didn't realize that people... We're used to that shit, man. Yeah, they're uh, not in much of the world, right? It's only kind of like the Southwest. Well, it's Uh, also like people just don't imagine them. Because when (laughs) I went to Wyoming... Some kid found out I was from Arizona and was like, you guys have fucking javelinas there. They're nuts. <laughs> and I have had the displeasure of being stuck in a wash with fences on both sides with three javelina. Oh, dang. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, me they're nasty. I, that was uh, me. Oh, dang. Yeah, we had to jump a fence from a bunch of javelina that we didn't see. <laughs> but he was just like freaking out that they were scary. And I'm like, yeah, but like also we knew there was javelina in the area and we went into a fucking corridor. <laughs> which is a bad idea like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's partially our fault but right, uh, right where they could get you that he, was it's basically like a zombie game he couldn't stop freaking out about the fact that they had hooves 
he was like, they're little pigs with hooves. And I'm like, pigs have hooves, right? (laughs) They don't, but they have like... They have like, yeah, that's the same. Yeah, they have the live long and prosper symbol. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's not like a horse hoof. Yeah, it is a hoof, right? Yeah, it's not. It's not? I mean, a three little feet. I guess I hear. Pickled pig's feet. Yeah. Yeah, no, they got toenails. Huh. I thought it was more of a hoof thing. Crazy. They're, see, and I don't, I think that's because we're used to javelina. Yeah, I mean, they just have hooves. Right. Interesting. Of course, I search pig's feet and it's all food. Well, yeah, but that's still a pig's foot. <laughs> yeah. That thing right there. Right. But it's like, do they, did they shave the toenail off? <laughs> no, I mean, I know it's a toe. But <laughs> Delicious. You think this is the part where everybody will decide they're going to eat pickled I've never had pickled pig's feet. I don't think I'm going to. Honestly, I don't know that I've had pig's feet. Um I probably I mean, had every other part of the pig. You definitely it. had pig's feet, but in the form of hot dogs and shit. But okay, because they'll if there's meat on them, they'll rip off everything else. It depends on right. how you process everything. And it's like I've had menudo and you know all kinds of other. Well, it's like, like we were talking about the other day. We both had penis of some kind, I'm sure, because they have to <laughs> use it in hot dogs. But neither of us have just straight up eaten like bull penis. <laughs> right, like Fear Factor style, like or like is. produced. Like I'm fine. <laughs> sure, I'll yeah. eat cooked stuff but it's just never happened and realistically it feels like it'd be a bad texture yeah probably uh like i know what a bull's penis looks like it (laughs) seems like it would be like bad calamari yeah yeah that sounds accurate but i don't know i also don't really like calamari that much but that's (laughs) that's a personal thing and there's a whole that might have been pig anus some of the times i ate it I do like calamari. It's uh, it's rough to eat sometimes, though. It's, like, so tough. See, that's because you got bad calamari. Um, oh, really? Is it more soft I think if you it's get the supposed, good stuff? I think it's the age of the octopus, octopus squid. Okay. I think it has more to do with that. Because, yeah, it's not supposed to be tough and rubbery, and there is a timing thing. Hmm. But my whole issue is I like calamari the same way I like everything that's deep fried, which means I like breaded, salty things. Do you know what you can do that didn't um, in any way involve you going to an ocean? (laughs) What's that? You can make a clump of breading and drop it (laughs) in a deep fryer and just fucking eat that shit because that's what you want anyway. Yeah. A lot of places aren't doing calamari anymore uh, because of... The pig anus thing? (laughs) I'm not too familiar with the pig anus thing, but because octopi are now seen as being such an intelligent species. That's not calamari. Right, they're squid. <clears throat> Excuse me, but a uh, similar deal. So they, squid. Because I know octopi actually got, uh, I guess, registered, whatever, recognized as an intelligent species. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. Yeah, but so here's the thing. They don't live, like, at all. So, because they live <laughs> incredibly short lives. So yeah, they're, they're normal kind lifespan of in a, like, a couple of years. Yeah, and I think they get like as intelligent as a seventh grader, which is much faster than a real seventh grader becomes as intelligent <laughs> as a seventh grader. Yeah. But like, what are you going to do? You're going to decide to tell everyone to stop eating them and then have like a bunch of seventh graders just swimming around in the ocean? Yeah. Or are you going to end up with a bunch of people that prolong the lives of them? Because that's what I would do. If everyone started recognizing octopi as sentient creatures, <laughs> I would take it upon myself to shepherd some octopi into society. Yeah. I'm Try and get them f- to live like 20 plus years. <laughs> get them to vote. 
found the first octopus university indeed but yeah so squid um got... they should make a game show are you smarter than an octopus it's like, just like that, an octopus in an aquarium that is literally every movie. fucking person trying to study an octopus because they just <laughs> get out of their cages all of the time and they're fucking yeah. notorious assholes <laughs> but no so the squid pig anus thing is also real um but there's I could see them being like so there's only like mixed. Uh, there's not it's so it's there's a conspiracy, but there's no like there's proof that it happened like once, but gotcha. there is no proof that it has ever happened since. But it is highly. Uh, it's one of those things that people are always talking about. Well, it's one of those things that like the people who make it are like, yeah, we do that, but you'll never see it happen. But like. <laughs> While they're at work, they don't say anything about it. It's it's weird. There's a there is a This American Life that is about that, and they do a double blind taste test at the end huh. with all four members that did the production of it, and no one can tell the difference between the pig anus and the calamari. So, like realistically, yeah. I don't care. I just don't think I need an ocean involved with me wanting breading. Like <laughs> right. I just just cut the fucking shit out of it. I, it's not good for you. Like the squid's not adding to the nutrition of the breading. You yeah. are frying the fuck out of it. You get like a little bit of protein or whatever. Right, Have some right. nuts. I don't think it's too flavorful though, uh, in itself, because I've had it without the breading too, and I still like it. But it's that's uh, what I'm saying. Is you just, just eat the breading. Yeah. And realistically, <laughs> when you deep fry shit that's breaded, most of what you want is the seasoning and the breading. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking delicious like that. It is deep fry it all. Wasn't that like Elvis's entire diet was basically fried foods? Uh, so I hear <laughs> so many rumors about Elvis's diet that I have like, sure, whatever. He was a rich guy who had access to as many kitchens as he wanted. So yeah. maybe. But I know he did like have a terrible diet, <laughs> like a legendary terrible diet. But I am willing to bet that if people paid attention to everybybody's diets, we would probably find a lot a lot of people that do shit like that because i ate like 14 cookies yesterday (laughs) what kind chocolate chip nice nice because i classic it was like a dollar off for the big tube so i have like another 25 cookies to bake but yeah i literally just turned on an oven baked (laughs) 20 cookies ate 14 of them and then went to bed (laughs) nice yeah that's terrible and i bet you that happens all the fucking time Dude, the Pillsbury Doughboy would be proud. I think he might be upset because I got. I guess he killed his family. Brand. Well, it's also not. I didn't buy Pillsbury, <laughs> so I'm not really supporting the brand. Yeah, <laughs> I just figured. You know, he's a little guy that has the general vibe. If you're baking, you're well, doing I, a good he's, job. He's a species <laughs> trader. Yeah, and that was his dough. That's like kill them all. Yeah, as so a long kid, as I you don't that poke two before. little holes in his face and make like a smiley, <laughs> they won't become sentient and uh, start making cute noises. Yeah, that's the trick: is you just never let them become cute in the first place. <laughs> so, speaking of abusing. Um, yes, straight <laughs> abusing. Uh, well, no, abusing this going? <laughs> scientific theory. Okay. Um, I was, I was walking to the store the other day and mm-hmm. I'm just out of nowhere. Sometimes things connect with quantum theory in my brain. 
Okay. And I don't like know proper quantum theory. I just know bullshit <laughs> quantum theory from sci-fi. So uh, I started getting a little worried that we were going to accidentally create real cartoons. Okay. Uh, and like that, which ones? Well, no, like uh, so Toontown style, like where mm. there's just going to be actual cartoons. If somebody manages to do like a human experiment on a child where they raise them in an environment where they themselves believe that cartoons are real and have that entire thing far enough away from everybody that they materialize a real cartoon <laughs> and then they, uh, you know, get a couple of them going. But the cartoons realize that they don't have the ability to be an observer, so we can just stop believing in them and they go away. And then we have a weird us being held hostage by cartoons to keep believing in them so they continue <laughs> existing. And that's why it's dangerous for my headphones to die when I'm walking. Hmm. Wasn't that a little bit of the plot of Roger Rabbit? That was none of the plot of Roger Rabbit. They okay, do yeah. zero explanation <laughs> of right. why. I think I'm mixing it up with Huck so, no. and that scene with Tinkerbell. There is, she's like... <laughs> um, so there is a Cool World. Cool World. What was that again? Cool World was the one where uh, basically some guy gets stuck in a toned town mm. in... It's yeah, made by the same guy who now. did Wizards yeah. and uh, which calls it the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit cartoons. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he gets stuck in like a tune thing forever. And then an illustrator gets there and figures out how to get him out. But then the illustrator also steals a pen from the tune town so he can write tune stuff in real world. Yeah. Yeah. Ralph Bakshi. Yeah. Definitely cool one world. of those weird sexual awakenings as a child. <laughs> I remember we were talking about this guy and we were talking about Don Bluth too, like the two legends of animation that were not Disney stuff. Yeah, basically. That, <laughs> yeah, but everybody like I actually follow this guy on his uh, Facebook, which is weird because nice. I, te I tend not to make anything on my Facebook um, like not a, like my Facebook is my personal stuff, like friends from high school and shit yeah. to keep in touch. Yeah, I remember seeing the last thing he was working on looked really cool. Oh my god, do you know that they're making a fucking Zodiac Warriors movie? I don't even know what that is, but it sounds cool. Type in Zodiac Warriors anime, you know what it is. Okay, let's You've see. seen these guys before, because it was one of those animes that didn't like land with our age, but I guess they kept it around longer, and it landed a little bit with the younger kids. Okay, I mean, it looks kind of So familiar. those are all, that's like the second wave. The first wave is like uh, original Gundam style. Oh. Yeah, I mean, looks somewhat familiar, but I'm not. Yeah, it's because it didn't land here. They just like, <laughs> it didn't do a great job, but they're making a live action fucking movie of it. And I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I just had to bring that up while I was thinking of it. I didn't know that they were <laughs> making that fucking movie. Looks cool. No, I mean, it looks terrible. They've only made one like manga style movie that i've ever truly thought landed well and everybody else hates it so which one's that uh immortal engines okay never seen yeah it. that's it's probably because everyone was like this movie sucks but it's <laughs> the things that suck about that movie are they just put really anime shit in it okay so like the people who own ships like airships and that are just like super cool flyboy style people and shit <laughs> and it's like it does not land with the american audience very well yeah so it goes it's it's very jarring 
to go from like the culture to the other culture. And I'm like, no, this is exactly what I want in everything. Like crazy steampunk cities that just drive around the world. Nice. Yeah, that sounds cool. It is cool. They eat each other, Adam. The cities, the cities eat, each eat each other. Nice. Do they become bigger they, cities? It goes through, there's like a whole evolution <laughs> of like the biggest city that's running around. Like that's how they, that is economic growth. You nice. like cripple <laughs> a small, you, well, you cripple a smaller city and then you yeah. swallow it up and basically give everybody like join our city or we throw you in the garbology thing or whatever. That's pretty cool. Yeah, right? And it's fucking people. Do they usually want to join or... Is well, you don't really resistance? have a choice. You die otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I guess they kind of, it's more of a kid's angled thing. So that I think they make them indentured slaves or whatever. <laughs> yes, yes. Much more appropriate for the children. Indentured servitude. Well, than, <laughs> than straight murder. I'm personally for that because that's, you're at least going to have the generation of kids raised with that, not immediately <laughs> killing things they don't like. Yeah. It's just a funny idea. Yeah. Unfortunately, that. we're, we're, <laughs> real weird about like it only takes one in ten of us to just take everything literally to murder our whole species <laughs> we're real smart well speaking of smart i wanted to talk to you about a rube it's funny that you continuously try and do segues <laughs> and we just cut <laughs> i love it <laughs> uh is it a goldberg machine i've been i've been sitting on that joke since the car <laughs> no i did read a little bit about rube goldberg uh just because i love a good rube goldberg machine and i was like i don't know much about the guy apparently that was really no, that's it yeah that's, that's the notable thing about you his learned life. <laughs> about rube goldberg right there he was a you know a real famous cartoonist had a very prolific but yeah the rube goldberg machine was the real crux Put him of on the, the map. man <laughs> yeah but this rube uh his name is rube waddell his actual name is george edward waddell uh but everyone just called him rube well who calls you your fucking middle name like sometimes <laughs> i think it's weird when people are like yeah his actual name is give the correct name and then middle name and then last name and i'm like yeah but no one's walking around straight calling you your middle name unless you're in trouble yeah I will say I've known a few people that just go by their middle name. Yes. And it's like years later, I'm like, oh, that's your middle name. Yeah. And your name's actually Every whatever. time people find out my middle name that like don't know me real well, they're like, you should go by that. And I'm just like, <laughs> nah, man. Personality-wise, I'm much more a Keelan. Yeah, that's like Steph Curry. You've heard of Steph Curry? It's Basketball a... player? His real name is Wardell. Wardell Curry? Yeah, it's Wardell Stephen Curry, but he just goes by Steph. But so, like, yeah, what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> when you use his first name, you still, like, if you're giving somebody their full name and you're going back to just using their proper name, you still don't usually say their middle name. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but to quote his childhood friend, Isaac Allen, we called him Rube because he was a Rube. Hmm. So. And, and not, we've established a <laughs> complex system to do a simple thing, which he might be. Having a human body to play baseball seems like a Rube Goldberg machine all in itself. It so, runs on sandwiches. Playing baseball using sandwiches is weird. <laughs> True. I believe he predated the Rube Goldberg machine, actually. So we need to change the name to the Rube whatever this guy's <laughs> last name is machine? Yeah, the Rube Waddell. The Rube Waddell uh, function. 
And funny that you mentioned sandwiches. I'll say right off the bat that he's just like one of the stranger guys in baseball, but maybe just ever to have existed. Uh, But mentioning sandwiches, one of the things that he used to do when he would run into games as they were about to start, uh, he would show up out of uniform in the stands. He would start eating all the hot dogs that people would give him, just one after another, and drink as many beers as he could, put on his uniform and get on the field and start playing. That was like one of his. Was he poor? Oh, I don't think so. I think he was probably like middle class. The only day of the week. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that people liked him and then the rest of the time they're like you suck and he's like all these hot dogs and then I get wasted <laughs> fucking Thursdays kick ass <laughs> oh boy game day finally I get to eat that is kind of ridiculous That's, I feel like that in the cooking industry when I've worked certain jobs where I'm just like fucking Tuesday <laughs> the food's gonna be really good cause it's just me and two other guys that hate our entire menu so when it gets slow we're gonna fuck ourselves by making something off menu for ourselves <laughs> being unprepared for the rush yeah like I mentioned he he was a very odd guy from the beginning he was born in Bradford Pennsylvania fucking weirdo in 1876 on Friday the 13th mm. <laughs> so do you think he was weird because he was born on Friday the 13th or do you think that he was weird because of the stigma of being born on Friday the 13th also did this predate why Friday the 13th is bad I'm not sure about the latter question but I think it was just in him I think he was just an odd guy through and through so it was probably, yeah, he was just meant to be born on a weird day. Uh, he also died on April Fool's Day. No, he didn't, Adam. <laughs> was you're, it a prank? You're a silly fuck. That man is immortal. <laughs> like I said from the beginning, people realized he was kind of different. At the age of three, he wandered off to a fire station, and he just stayed there for several days. What do you mean, he wandered <laughs> off to a fire station? You mean, a, like, fire... So a st- Station versus like a fire watch place because there's like fire cabins that are just in the woods that don't usually have people in them that you can just go live in versus when I think of a fire station I think of a place with a truck and five guys playing cards waiting for a call yeah it was that one so they just let him (laughs) this is the part that I'm always like huh like as a child it seemed like no one was really kind of like looking for him because it's like days later they found him and (laughs) <laughs> but so he i guess yeah, he was just at a fire station for a few days and i guess they were cool with it i don't know so they were he wasn't at like a fire watch because i've heard of people going to like fire watch there's an actual name for him that uh, like no, they go wasn't. missing and it's kind of like they just went off to go be by themselves in the woods and that makes sense because when you go to an a basically abandoned cabin there's no one there to be like hey buddy what you doing here this is a place of business <laughs> <laughs> no it was a city style one and that it was a lifelong obsession of his he loved fighting fires he loved fire trucks if a fire truck ever rode by and he heard it he would chase after it and get involved was he in a, the firefighting process was he a dalmatian <laughs> maybe he was maybe he was part dalmatian uh, that that just lends credence to my theory that mosquitoes <laughs> share dna from other animals they bite so if you own an animal, you start looking like it, get yeah. bit by too many mosquitoes. The guy owned a Dalmatian, became a Dalmatian. <laughs> he was a huge man. 
He was 6'2", over 200 pounds. As a child, he didn't go to school often, uh, but he worked on the family land and had various jobs at mining and drilling sites. Uh, he also really liked to kill animals by throwing rocks at them. Oh, so he's a fucking serial killer. <laughs> You're, all of the, the second you started, said he's chased cars, I was like, oh, is this guy like uh, actual mental illness that's just completely undiagnosed? Yeah, so. And the reason why he was let to stay at the fire department was they were like, it's okay, buddy. Like, you're safe here. We'll wait for somebody to come and get you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the time, obviously, some of these uh, ailments had not been, what do they call it, when they like put it in the psychiatric DSM, whatever. So there's some speculation that he may have had various conditions, but Chasing I don't know. Chasing car syndrome? <laughs> Autism is one that comes up a lot. Yeah, uh, I would imagine, but that doesn't really go with the chasing cars thing too terribly. Yeah, but I don't know. I won't speculate on that. I'll just like tell you. Loving fire trucks does. That's. <laughs> I'll go on the record, even if somebody thinks that that's a negative thing to say. That I've I've known a lot of autistic kids, and I bet you at least two of them fucking loved fire trucks. Yeah, special ed was a great fucking class. <laughs> fucking dude. So did did I ever tell you about the? Dude, we had a giant autistic kid in there with like fucking red hair. He was like six six. When we were freshmen. I kind of remember seeing that kid. Um, so that man had like the deepest voice you could possibly get as a <laughs> scrawny ass teenager. Yeah. And we had to do like the read aloud thing because in high school, that's what you do in special ed is they force you to read aloud. <laughs> um, yeah, we did plenty of it in yeah, high school for sure. We did it because we were bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> we had like a whole class that that's what you were learning to do yeah but um yeah i would just anytime he would read because he would like get into it <laughs> full-on yeah. narrator yeah but he also wouldn't let anybody else read after him so once it got to his turn he just read the rest of the class <laughs> and we were like all right this is excellent this is better than audiobooks nice that's really cool kind of base narrator yeah, but fire, fighting fires, that was his thing. Basically, he loved three things, arguably four, and it was fighting fires, fishing, drinking, and baseball. Hmm. That's, <laughs> I know a lot of those people. Uh, he used to, underneath his uniform, so at the time, I guess firefighters were wearing basically Is this like three a, children in a trench coat you're about to say he was wearing a firefighter's <laughs> uniform underneath his fucking clothes wearing my superman pajamas exactly yeah he was like he was doing a firefighter superman deal where he would wear a uniform underneath at the time i guess it was like basically like a red full pajama suit kind of deal yeah so it's bigger clothes on the inside than it was on the outside <laughs> yeah. that reminds me of when i used to reverse uh flash people at 36th street and thunderbird <laughs> where you take off clothes but you have well, more underneath. so i had uh <laughs> you know i love my trench coats so i had yeah. the pale like flasher guy trench coat okay. so i put clothes on that were thin and then i got more clothes and put it on over there and i walked to 36th street with thunderbird and i waited for a red light and just made eye contact with the dude and started taking my clothes off but then i had my uh trench coat on 
And he like looked at me like, oh, fucking no. And I was like, yeah. And I opened it up and I still had clothes on. And he was like, oh, you got me. <laughs> and I did that probably four or five times after that. Nice. I used to view that spot as 36th Street and Thunderbird as a captive audience. I was like, this is one place where I know that I have 30 seconds of at least one guy's time. Hell yeah. You could probably get tips that way. Yeah, I don't want to because you can also get shot that way. True. <laughs> and I tend to be opinionated, which is how you get shot a lot. So, yeah, he would wear the firefighting garb underneath his baseball uniform. And there was a lot of things that he would just straight up leave games for. But, you know, if there was a fire truck driving by, that was like an instant. Like, he would just literally run off the field after the truck. So his managers, coaches, you know, would <laughs> found out about it, obviously, after a little while. They painted all the fire trucks normal truck colors. Well, what they did, they were like, hey, man, uh, you can't wear the firefighting thing underneath your uniform. So what he started doing was just fighting fires naked. Like mm. he would just take off his uniform still and then go and yeah. fight the fire. Um, this guy had a profession. If this guy existed now, he would be in jail. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things for sure that it's like, it, I think it would have been different for him. He apparently was really good at it. Uh, there's like multiple stories of him saving people. That almost seems like another one of his favorite things to do. It's just like save well, people. <laughs> he could have also just had like a straight up hero complex. I think he kind of did. I'm uh, always on the fence about hero complexes <laughs> because most people who die from hero complexes do a good job of it. And then yeah. people who become rich through their hero complexes are like straight up just super villains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a story about him like saving a woman uh, from drowning after the steamboat she was on crashed, which I guess he was also driving. I was about to say, <laughs> this sounds like he was at fault for this for no reason at all, because yeah. why was he on a steamboat? Like, when, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that one's kind of vague. I tried to find more stuff on it, but really all there was was like, yeah, the steamboat crashed. Everybody thinks he was driving it. They're not sure why, but he also like rescued the lady that was on it. That's an, that's not neutral there, buddy. <laughs> that's you didn't save anyone. You guys technically all just went on a boat ride and got wet. <laughs> yeah. As far as like him playing the actual games and everything, um, he was a great pitcher. Fastball was his thing. He was known as a power pitcher, so just an extremely fast pitcher. He was a lefty. Uh, and I mentioned, you know, he was a gigantic man, especially for the time. He was 6'2", 200 pounds. When he, you know... Loaded down with hot dogs before every game. 
That's just that I don't understand how athletes eat anything before games. Yeah, I think most of them don't. I'm pretty, I, I, I was different. under the impression that it was kind of like a few two to three hours before you're running around yeah, and doing crazy shit. Exactly. Like, you don't want it to weigh you down, but you want to have that energy absorbed. Well, it's also like, I fucking, I have done normal labor and had my body <laughs> just be like, oh, that thing you ate too fast? It's on the floor now. Well, you just bent <laughs> wrong and your body just doesn't do that. Man, I remember one of the, like, I, the most tired and hardest shifts I've ever had was in high school. Um, one of my friends was like, man, I ate so much food at Wendy's the other night, That's told so me bad. his order. And I was like, dude, I could easily double that. Oh my God. So he's, you know, it turned into a challenge. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. But his order was a, uh, two double stacks, a fry and a frosty. So I ate four double stacks, two fries, two frosties, had to do it within a half an hour. I fell just short, but I did eat all the food. So technically I failed, but I think I won. But tiredest I've ever been in my life at work. Yeah, that's nuts. I straight up, <laughs> it's called grazing. When you just kind of eat one or two things off of what you're prepping. <laughs> yeah. And that's all I eat like all day. Unless like, I'm very, I've gotten very lucky with my chefs that I have never once had a chef that doesn't think about cooks when he's doing personal food. Because sometimes you get like three minutes or five minutes or whatever that you're like, cool, I just happen to have all the stuff out to be able to make myself something to eat. And you just like <laughs> slap that shit together and eat it over a trash can real fast. Yeah. But when you're the chef, you're allowed to be like, I'm just going to stop what I'm fucking doing. Fucking <laughs> make everything so long as the restaurant's fucking running. And you'll turn around and find like a nice egg sandwich or something right next to you. And you'd be like, oh, thank God. And then you'll eat it over a trash can like you're dying. <laughs> I had an everything sandwich at Wendy's once. <laughs> and I worked at Wendy's. I worked at two different Wendy's. And that was probably the worst idea because there was Frosty on that shit. There was everything. <laughs> it was when we had jalapenos on the menu. So it was like I only put one one burger patty on it because it had a spicy chicken, a normal chicken, uh, their little dollar chicken, uh, one patty. Uh, there's some chili on there. All of the fixings, blah, blah, blah. Um, I put a packet of chili sauce on there. The like golden <laughs> tickets is what likes to call them. A little spicy sauce. That yeah. shit's vegan, by the way. If you guys, that's that's a good hint for vegans who want flavorful things. Get those golden tickets. But uh, yeah, some slap some frosty on there. Put a dab of coffee in the middle. <laughs> got to eat that shit with a fucking fork, and it was disgusting. And I got sick. <laughs> yeah so uh like i was saying large dude power pitcher um but whenever he would leave the mound not every time but a lot of times uh he would do cartwheels somersaults or would walk on his hands the audiences um started to pick up on his peculiarities <laughs> that's such a hard word to say peculiarities his, <laughs> yeah that one um and so they would notice that he'd get distracted by like shiny objects oh, so or they started, puppies they started just bringing shit to distract him yeah so they would like bring puppies to the game because they knew that he would like run over and want to pet it 
<laughs> things like that. So in 1897, uh, big year for him. So there's like a eight year stretch. Uh, I guess it's more like 10, 10 to 15 year stretch of this dude's life. That's just insane. It kind of starts off in 1897. Uh, he starts playing college baseball. It's kind of, that's like the start of his legend, basically. All these people start to realize like how odd he is, but how insanely good at baseball he is. He actually got kidnapped. Uh, he was playing for Volant College. He got kidnapped to play for a rival school, Mercer. Kidnapped, like literally kidnapped, or like he got sniped? Like they got him to work? Because usually when you kidnap somebody, they don't do what you say. <laughs> and then you don't also get to keep the victory that you forced somebody against their will to get for you. Yeah, I don't know if it's still on the books. Um, but like they did... legitimately kidnapped him? Yeah, I think they took him by force. Um, the thing about Rube was he loved playing baseball and he loved playing games in general. So I don't think they would have had to convince him very much. Yeah, this is to 100% something is <laughs> off about this person and we were all just like baseball <laughs> yeah. i mean he was known to like not show up for games frequently but sometimes People they also would... used to be way more okay with kidnapping <laughs> true like talk to sinatra's kids yeah so he was known for frequently not showing up to games but sometimes they would find him like outside the stadium playing games with kids and like throwing a, a brick at, as a baseball and he'd be like no this is how you do a curveball like he was just easily distracted and like super into games his college career starts that same year he his professional career got started he was paid his first pro contract he was paid $500 with the Louisville Colonels he only played the last two games of the season and then he was loaned to the Detroit Tigers to get pro experience. I didn't understand any of that. So cool. <laughs> what did you not understand? All of the words that you said involving baseball. Um, <laughs> I don't understand the actual deep structure of baseball. Oh, yeah. Let I mean, alone the deep structure of 1800s baseball. Yeah, I don't either. It, it basically was like uh, the Louisville Colonel signed him for $500. You know, it's roughly 15 grand today. Um, but then they were so like, he got ripped off. Oh no, that's crazy money. He, he paid two games and got paid 15 grand. How much do you get money. paid? <laughs> but how much do you get paid now for two games? Not 15 grand. Uh, that's correct. Yeah. The, I mean, the scale has gone up overall, but like compared to other players at the time, I, I think this was like very Yeah, compared good money. to the other people who were also being taken advantage of. This, he, I, <laughs> I feel like he was very, it's real weird that I feel like this guy was taken advantage of, but he was happy about it. <laughs> I mean, this would be big money for anyone. And at the time, baseball players didn't make a lot of money. So I think he probably was thrilled. I think he was thrilled regardless of the money. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> is like, I think that you end up in a situation where you get like, it's like if you kidnapped somebody with a kidnapping kink. And they're like, oh, no, <laughs> don't tie me up and stick me in the trunk. <laughs> but yeah, the, so the Louisville Colonels, that was the, the team that paid him, gave him his first pro contract. They loaned him to the 
Detroit Tigers. So I don't know if that was a common thing. So he loaned them. They didn't kidnap him. There's a very big difference between those two things. So the kidnapping was a different thing. That was when he was playing college ball. Um, Wait, so who kidnapped him? Was it the, I thought it was the Tigers that kidnapped him. Is there two Tigers in the story? <laughs> no, it was Mercy. Okay. <laughs> there are, I mean, multiple Tigers. No, I know. In, that uh... It would not surprise me in any way whatsoever <laughs> if there was just every fucking one of them was called the Tigers. Oh, I meant there's multiple tigers, like including the big cat in Rube Waddell's story. Uh, but they they put him on loan, so basically they were like, "Yeah, this guy's awesome, and we want him to get pro experience. We want him to play for us." But they had just like loaned him to another team for a little while. Uh, but while that happened, he defaulted on his rent, and the owner of the Detroit Tigers had issues with him, like many people did. So he fined him. And uh, the combination, so him defaulting on his rent and getting fined, he was like, yeah, I'm going to Canada, and just left. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You can still hear stories of him today, fighting fires in the Canadian wilderness. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. There's, like, so many wild stories about him that... <laughs> It's funny, everyone's kind of like, we're not exactly sure what's fact or fiction with this guy, but, like... Anything that has ever had any evidence come up has verified it. So we just assume it's all real. Yeah, no matter see, how crazy you it's you can't fucking do that. <laughs> people are fucking ridiculous. That was I was listening to some people explain the whatever money pit yesterday. Yeah. Which a I like digging holes too much to listen to a story <laughs> about digging a hole that might have treasure in it to not just be like, it didn't need to. You just dig the hole. Yeah. I forgot where I was going. Yeah, I was going to say, is there a B? You said nah. A. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's he ends up playing uh, for like a bunch of minor league teams. This is going to be a common theme too. It's like people get fed up with him. He basically goes and plays a bunch of minor league ball. And then people are like, whoa, you're incredible. And he goes back to the pros. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Does he do that again in like Russia? Just goes to every. I don't think Russia adopted baseball for a very long time. Yeah, I don't think he ever went uh, international. I think he stayed in America. Canada. Well, continent wise, I guess. Yes, but nations are not continents. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I, dude, I've gotten yelled at for that so much because that is one of the things that it took me until I was twenty to start saying properly, even though I understand (laughs) that I know. Yeah. You have to give the preface that I don't know which direction this goes, but either continent or country. Yeah. Uh, so he did rejoin uh, Louisville in 1899. And then in 1900, the Pittsburgh Pirates bought the Louisville franchise. Really hoping you're going to say kidnapped him. <laughs> Two kidnappings, and this one's at least by pirates. <laughs> uh, so then he was a pirate. You know, the Colonels went away, um, just became the Pittsburgh Pirates. In 1900, he led the entire league in ERA. So that's like the defining stat for a pitcher. It's earned run average. Uh, He led the entire league in that stat. But his erratic behavior led to a suspension. So (laughs) back to the minors. (laughs) That's weird. Do they do that to people now? When Uh, they're like, you sucked. Go to the minors for four years. 
Yeah, yeah, they okay. do actually. So it's actually more of a training thing. They're like, we'll keep you around so long as you don't manage to age out. Yeah, I'm not sure if they do it for behavior. So I will say I don't I don't really follow pro baseball. I like weird baseball history. I don't think they do it for behavior, but they do do it for performance now. Like if I you mean, start I, pitching bad, yeah, they like go like, to the minors. Go, go to the minors for because I know yeah. the minors also has just like. 40 year old dudes sometimes like the minors yeah. is a lot more <laughs> you can just kind of hang out and no one i'm not gonna say cares but you're not it's much less pressure yeah definitely yeah and there, there's like a lot of small town teams that or small towns that will have a minor we should league start team. a super minor league where the field is a quarter of the size <laughs> with the same amount of people there are uh i forget the name of the team i think they're the bananas mm, i don't um, like them but there's like some uh i think they're minor league they may just be like an offshoot league baseball teams that are like trying to do fun baseball stuff yeah I think baseball isn't yeah baseball isn't very fun <laughs> yeah so they're just like dancing on the field and like yeah doing jokes and whatever i played a lot of kickball which is (laughs) i'm not good at kickball which is like making baseball slightly more fun and even that like i was doing it more to hang out with my friends than i was (laughs) about being bad at kickball yeah the only thing i got for me is i run really 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 fast for small periods of time which is (laughs) perfect for catching a base nice yeah so he's pitching in the minors um the Milwaukee Brewers learned that he's You just available. said a name I know. Finally. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that some of these names I'm like, oh yeah, that's a current baseball team. And then some of them I'm like, they're called what? Victorian <laughs> baseball teams are so funny. <laughs> there was one team that was called the Comers. Mm, nice. It's because uh, they come to play. Yeah, probably. Yeah. There's like the Ore Diggers. Uh, that's not, I guess. Uh, is it Norway? As Norway is kind of known for having traditional races that <laughs> yeah. are literally set up between like races. Oh, yeah. So they'll gotcha, have like gotcha. a blacks and whites thing. <laughs> and you're like, okay, what are you doing? And everyone's like, no, we do this here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's in the miners. The brewers find out that he's available. Um, the Brewers at the time, again, I don't follow baseball, had this manager who I guess is a, a legendary manager. His name's Connie Mack. So this is the guy that kind of led this effort. Um, he was still officially a, a, a pirate, a Pittsburgh pirate player. Yeah, I just keep getting confused every time <laughs> you say pirate because I'm like, yeah, you can be a pirate in anything if you try hard enough, landlocked. <laughs> So Connie Mack actually went to the Pirates and he was like, hey, uh, I know that he plays for you guys, but like you're not using him right now. And we actually, we play in a different league, so we're not competing against you. That won't come up. Like, can we use him? And the Pirates were cool with it. They let him. And he quickly became like one of the best players in the league. So the Pirates just immediately wanted him back. He... Wore out his welcome pretty quickly. <laughs> it took like a year. <laughs> and they sold his contract to the Chicago Orphans. What, what the fuck? 
Uh, Who became the Chicago Cubs? Well, I was really hoping that they would. So were they orphans because they didn't originally have like a place or were they all actual orphans? <laughs> I'm not sure. That would be funny. They're like, yeah, we recruit over here. All well, I mean, it would make dead. sense if there was an orphanage that yeah. put together a baseball team. It doesn't have to be like we found the orphan. <laughs> <laughs> True. It can be just a they normal thing themselves. that happens. <laughs> So, yeah, he's he's playing for the Orphans, but he gets suspended again and back to the minors. <laughs> wow. But, this is literally the exact same journey somebody with severe mental illness goes through with prison now. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm back to prison. Oh, wait, <laughs> you're a cool guy? It's as American as baseball and prison, prison for profit. <laughs> Man, I wish that wasn't a completely real sentence you just said there. I know, I laugh, but just because I'm horrified. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tragedy and time equals comedy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but 1902, Connie Mack sees him again. Um, he's now with the Philadelphia Athletics, Connie Mack, that is. And he. Recruits Rube to the team. Um, Rube starts playing for the athletics, and he leads them to the AL crown. So basically right before the, the World Series, that's like, he got them that far. Gotcha. Yeah. And the, whose crown was it? Al's? <laughs> yeah. It was Al's Al. crown. The other crown belongs to NL. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah. The NL. Uh, <laughs> good crowns. Uh, and in 1902, that same year where he uh, is recruited to the athletics, he threw an immaculate inning, which is just nine pitches, all strikes, innings over. What is the actual definition of the word immaculate? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, we could look it up. I just, you know, it's like perfection is the context I always. Well, because I thought it was like without reason oh really yeah like the immaculate birth like oh. nothing caused it right immaculate conception yeah. yeah uh so in that i think it's called that because here's one of the definitions free from sin so, you uh, know the christian ideology no, because uh, having sex is sin. I, yeah. I you don't have to explain christian ideology <laughs> oh i know i'm just explaining it and because i think that that's a ridiculous concept that sex would be a sin i mean <laughs> So, language is kind of a ridiculous concept. <laughs> like, if we're going statistically speaking on things that can make noise. So, we're already off to a weird start. Yeah. But the uh, first definition that pops up for immaculate is impeccably clean, spotless. So, how is it spotless? I guess you could say it was spotless in the sense of... Nah, no errors. Yeah. Gotcha. Because yeah. that's, that's what came up in my brain was like, how do you make a clean... But I don't think of errors as being dirty in my brain. Right. Yeah, so he threw an immaculate inning. I'm not sure how many times it's been done, like, up to the present day. At the time, it was only the second time that had ever happened in baseball. No, it I would assume every day. <laughs> I would assume it's insanely rare, especially in the modern game. But I'm not sure about that. All you have to do is play against little leaguers, and then I bet you <laughs> fucking immaculate plays all the time. <laughs> so yeah, the immaculate inning. Um, at the same time, Connie Mack had a football team 
This is when football is like very much in its infancy. And there were rumors that Rube was also going to play for the football team because he was just known to be like, you know, a beast of a dude, incredibly athletic. Hey, I mean, he was like tall. Yeah. Um, there were rumors that he would play for the football team, but it never happened. Connie Mack later told the story that he brought Rube to check out the facility, check out the team. Uh, he had him play one play with the guys. Rube immediately breaks some dude's leg. And Connie Mack is like, oh man, this sport's dangerous and Rube's valuable. I don't want him here. Back to the baseball field. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could ruin your horse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the past. It, every fucking time. <laughs> I talk about the past with you, and then in the back of my head is just everybody in the last two months that's been like, I miss the good old days. And I'm like, it's, there's no such thing. There is yeah. no such thing as the good old days. There was some time that you were naive enough that your scope was narrow enough that you were happy. Surprise, cockbags! Well, well, if it isn't my closest market competitor, I guess you're in the race for representation too, huh? Well, now that I've finally met you, I would actually very much like to help you out. Really? Well, damn, I wasn't so much expecting that. Yeah, I'll help you out right away. Which way did you come in now? Oh, this motherfucker got jokes, huh? Hey, I meant to tell you when you came in that I really like what you done with your hair. How'd you get it to come out of your nose like that? I can tell you're gonna go far. And when you do, I hope you stay there. Sorry, I'm busy right now. Can I ignore you another time? Now, how do we activate this thing? Oh, it's go time! Grab him, gang! Hey, brothers. Sorry to interrupt your kerfuffle. Did anyone drop this rad knapsack? Who, Who the, the is fuck that? is that? Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that? I'm the pool guy, bro. My dad was a pool guy. His dad was a pool guy. I'm here to check out your gnarly jacuzzi. I heard it need a shock. <laughs> We've been had again, haven't we, boys? There's no leader. There's no representation. Just the same rodeo, different horse. And where are the clowns? Wait, a clown? I thought he was part horse this whole time. It's a metaphor, you idiot. Now shut up before he hears us. Bro, I'm just here for the jacuzzi, but I know what it's like to struggle. I'm a pool guy, bro. Bro, let me set this little bundle of joy down right here, and let's take a second to talk about your dreams, because I can take you from squeegee to Fiji, bro, pool guy style. You gotta get your head on tight and your plans right. Oh, look, it's perfectly shaped cubby, 
right here. Let's put the bag down. Shove it in. There we go. I'm the pool guy, bro. My dad was a pool guy. His dad was a pool guy. that you don't let your education get in the way of your arrogance. 
so Rube's upward trajectory is continuing. 1903, huge year for him. He recorded 302 strikeouts, which is huge, even by modern standards. <laughs> it was also probably one of the more wild personal life seasons for him. Gross. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't tell me how he banged. <laughs> so this is a, a quote uh, that one of his biographers wrote about him. Uh, Waddell began the 1903 season sleeping in a firehouse at Camden, New Jersey, and ended at tending bar in a saloon in Wheeling, West Virginia. In between those events, he won 22 games for the Philadelphia Athletics, toured the nation in a melodrama called The Stain of Guilt, courted, married, and became separated from May Wynn Skinner of Lyon, Massachusetts, saved a woman from drowning, accidentally shot a friend through the hand, and was bitten by a lion. Listen, man, if you count everything that <laughs> happens to you in like a year, of course, it's going to sound fucking crazy. I mean, that's just... I mean, the one time I pet a lion, I don't think I've been bit by a lion, but it was in the same <laughs> week that I got chased by a bunch of Texans on a skateboard and uh, was hanging out with an animatronic gorilla. Oh, wow, big week. Yeah, but that sounds like it's crazy. <laughs> that was when I went to Texas. Nice. No, it wasn't. Everything I just said was pretty terrifying. <laughs> Actually, only the skateboard park was. The fucking baby lions were cool. Okay, okay. They were, like, super tiny. Like, <laughs> I was a small child, and they were small to me. Yeah. Uh, but I mentioned he was in a show called Stain of Guilt. That sounds... Like every ejaculation I've ever had. <laughs> he uh, had trouble memorizing his lines. I bet. So he pretty much improvised them all. Uh, there was a notable scene where he effortlessly threw the villain of the play across the stage, which the crowd loved. But fucked the guy up really bad? <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe Dude. he learned how to fall. He's like one of the original pro wrestlers. Yeah, so one of the rules to knowing how to fall in that situation is having the guy know how to throw you. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Riv was like a willing participant, so maybe he was like, yeah, what's the best uh, way, From man? everything else I've heard, <laughs> him playing baseball with bricks and all, he just doesn't <laughs> have any filter on his strength. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Stain of Guilt, he also used, uh, because he was a, su a successful actor now, he used that to negotiate a higher contract in baseball. I don't think that, that what does that mean? <laughs> well, he was like a so huge draw. He, levered that he was one or he actually learned how to negotiate through acting that's what i'm confused about oh i don't know maybe it was a little bit of both because that's super weird because that's not being a good actor does not make you a good negotiator <laughs> those skills are not intertwined that way yeah he was just uh such a huge draw all the time but then because of his successful acting career uh you know more people knew him so he became an even bigger draw after that that same year, he was, you know, he frequently went missing from games, but uh, one time they found him leading a band through the streets. He also, I think there was a few times he fought uh, fans in the stands, but was suspended that season uh, for a particularly brutal beating he gave to a fan one time. Yeah, this guy's bipolar as fuck. <laughs> 1904. Another big season. He threw 394 strikeouts. 
Uh, I'm sorry, actually, 349. And that was a record, like, through the modern era until the 60s. It is currently sixth on the list of most strikeouts in a season. You can't, it, we stopped counting after three in this country, Adam. You know the rules. <laughs> uh, and then 1905, possibly his biggest year, baseball-wise at least, he was mostly behaved this season, and that was because he was under indictment for assault with a deadly weapon. Uh, the previous year, he was living with the parents of his wife his wife was not living there, um, but they got in an argument about him paying rent, and he like <laughs> knocked the dad's teeth out and threw a chair at the mom. Oh, yeah. And he knew that he had done something wrong immediately. He like fled, and it, it was a whole thing. Uh, they found him. Uh, it ended up going to trial later in 1906, and they didn't appear, so the case was dismissed. But 1905, he was basically very well behaved because he thought he was going to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, this guy would have already been in and out of prison instead of the Little Leagues. <laughs> yeah. During that assault, by the way, there was a dog. Like, they owned a dog. It was a big dog. I forget what breed it was, but it bit him and messed up his pitching arm pretty bad. But he was able to just pitch, no problem. So it did not mess up his pitching arm at all. Oh, it was like visibly messed up. It, yeah, but... so it gave him a scar. <laughs> yeah. When you say messed up, because if I cut my hand at work and mess up my hand, it means that I physically have something wrong with my hands. Right. He also won the Triple Crown in pitching, which is um, the Triple why, Crown. Why so many crowns in baseball, man? <laughs> it seems like it'd be hard to run with a crown on. So, I don't know if this is even an official award award i don't believe it is because it doesn't necessarily happen every year a triple that crown that's how i fucking think awards should be adam you don't <laughs> fucking get them unless you actually earn them there's none of this one a year bullshit yeah a triple crown is when so you can do it like as a batter or a pitcher uh in pitching it would be when you lead the league in wins strikeouts and era Got you. So it's just the baseball version of a triple threat. Yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. They just all, they can't fucking all decide to call the same thing. Standard, <laughs> standardize your bullshit for me personally. Yeah. He also, in 1905, had one of the biggest games of his career. Um, him and Cy Young, you know, the dude that the Cy Young Award is named after, which is like a excellence in pitching award. Um, they would both call this game like one of the most important games of their career. Uh, Rube did it on the second game of a back-to-back, and he played in both games. But it was a 20-inning game, and Rube allowed two runs in the first inning, but then shut out the rest of the game. So it was just crazy that like two pitchers played 20 innings. Like. Especially yeah. by today's standards, that's unheard of. But even back then, that would be pretty crazy. Um, and after that game, he cartwheeled off the mound and all the way to the local bar where he traded the game ball for drinks. Indeed. Well, at least his <laughs> game ball's valuable. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that ball's still around at like what it's worth. It's probably 
Something insane. Well, so it was probably in the back of that bar forever. But the way shit usually goes is somebody dies and then, like, their kids end up in charge of it and have absolutely no sentimental attachment to that baseball. So <laughs> it might be around, but in a box. Yeah. Or it's some dude's prized possession and they've just kept it at that bar and that bar still exists. Yeah. And then one day a bunch of kids are going to just want to play baseball after their ball gets stolen by a giant dog. I don't think that that's... And so they'll take it out of the case. That's not going to work that way. <laughs> oh, that's <okay>. just <laughs> Sandlot. Yeah. Fun fact, I've never seen the Sandlot. Oh, wow. Well, it's a fucking movie about baseball kids, man. What what, what in that? There are zero <laughs> robots. There's not a fucking no, laser there is a in robot. the god thing. There's a robot no, in it. there isn't a robot. There is. Adam. No, there isn't. There's a toy in it. That's robotic. That's... No. Yeah, they... They literally build a robot to, to retrieve their balls so they don't have to do it from this scary dog. They build it out of an erector set. Yeah, that's not a robot. <laughs> Fine, you and your robot snobbery. Yeah. Um, pardon me for having a clearly defined thing so that when we get attacked by a cyborgs, I know that I have to use things that kill flesh versus when we get attacked by robots and I have to use purely electrical tactics. <laughs> So 1905, he's killing it. His team actually made the World Series that year, but he didn't play. Uh, this is like one of the bigger incidents of his career and kind of in like baseball history. So you're not supposed to wear straw hats after Labor Day, which I didn't know that. I've heard like the don't wear white thing. Yeah, that's because it's all made of bullshit. Um, <laughs> right. Which I, I don't know anyone that takes that seriously now, but I guess in the past. We did in the 90s. Okay. The whole, or not the straw hat thing. I don't know anything about that, but the whole wearing white after Labor Day right. was actually a thing when we were in like grade school. Yeah, I've always heard it. But... It became kind of a mocking joke by the time we were in high school. Hmm. Yeah, I guess people took it more seriously. Uh, wearing a straw hat after Labor Day was also a thing. So his teammate showed up <laughs> wearing a straw hat. And there's like differing accounts of this, you know, whether he was serious or it was a playful thing. Some people think this actually may have never happened. He got in a fight with his teammate, which led to a shoulder injury, and he was in it, unable to play. So there are also some people that are like, well, the fight happened, but he didn't get injured. Uh, and then there are some people that think he was straight up bribed to not play in the World Series because he was so good that year. I don't feel like you can bribe this guy to not play baseball. <laughs> well, if you bribed him with like a fishing trip or something, you probably I could. think you would have to bribe him with more baseball. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a one-to-one -one thing. Yeah. Like if you kidnap him, you have to kidnap him from baseball to baseball. <laughs> if you kidnap him while he's fishing and bring him to baseball, he will be upset. You have to take him to fishing. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> One thing that I didn't mention now that we're bringing it up, there was a couple of times where he didn't want to sign contracts with teams. And they were like, hey, if you do it, we'll give you a three-day fishing trip. And he was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> That's the fucking human beings are garbage. <laughs> like, they would bribe this dude constantly with That's fishing That's not a trips. bribe. <laughs> that is taking advantage of a mentally ill person. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the straw hat incident 
uh, may or may not have happened, but he basically doesn't play the World Series because of that. And after that, he kind of... That, that's basically the peak of his baseball career. Uh, he started having more injuries after that. And just because he never wanted to stop and recover... Uh, it well, just also, kinda... he also just got normal old. Yeah, at during, the same time. During a time when fucking medicine was still pretty much just opiates so like <laughs> yeah. what happened when you thought you were healing yourself was you were just not feeling you fucking yourself up more exactly yeah because he's like early 30s at that point so his yeah, age dude, is hitting him i'm 36 and i feel like i'm dead yeah i fucking i'm probably in immaculate condition compared to this guy just based on <laughs> fucking time making medicine better <laughs> He's also having marital issues. Um, yeah, that one where he beat up his wife's parents. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't go away, I don't think. That's not a, who oh, I'm in the doghouse. <laughs> That's a, man, I hope no fault divorce is really upheld. Yeah. So actually that wife um, did bring him to court, which he eventually won the court case uh, for bigamy not even about the assault, uh, accusing him of still being technically married to his first wife. But he wasn't, I guess. But um, yeah, so he had three wives uh, in I total. Mean, you're, <laughs> but, you're saying that like we don't have friends who have had three wives. Oh, no, I'm actually like this. Dude, Back I, then, that probably would have been scandalous. But now that's like just somebody who got married starting in high school. Oh, yeah, I would have expected this dude to have, like, ten wives, <laughs> but... I wouldn't expect this guy to have any wives. I'd expect <laughs> this guy to be in jail. Basically, you know, nagging injuries, uh, personal issues, the marital issues. Uh, by 1910, he was out of the league. It was really, like, 1909. He, he played, like, a few games in 1910. So then he went back to just small leagues, minor leagues, um... He played for the Minneapolis Millers and the Rough Riders and the Virginia Ore Diggers. And in, in spring training with the Millers uh, in 1912, they were in Hickman, Kentucky, when the town flooded. And he actually saved the town from flooding entirely. Uh, but in the process, he was just <laughs> fucking killed three people, broke this dude's arm and punched his <laughs> wife's parents again. Well, he, he was just waiting through icy water for hours Lost and days. His balls. So he caught pneumonia and never really fully recovered. The next year, there was a second flood and he caught pneumonia again. And also got tuberculosis. Yeah, I was about to say, there's no way that this guy did not get tuberculosis. <laughs> yeah. So he was sent to the San Antonio Sanitarium. Where he got to hang out and fucking, <laughs> I'm assuming, accidentally overreact and harm a bunch of other people with tuberculosis. <laughs> uh, but he did, you know, that's where he died in 1913. That would, once again, didn't happen. <laughs> oh, and I did want to mention one more thing. Uh, one of his best friends on his teams, there were a couple guys that he was friends with that could kind of rein him in. Uh, but there was one in particular, Shrek. 
Oh, that's fucking bullshit. That's a real goddamn name. <laughs> so the guys, uh, he did go by Shrek, but his full name was Ozzy Shrek and Ghost. Uh, but everybody called him Shrek. Shrek actually had a contract clause added that Rube was not allowed to eat crackers in bed because they would share a bed together uh, when they traveled and stuff, mm. and Rube would just get crackers everywhere. I mean, I can see how somebody might have that complaint about me, but you just gotta <laughs> fucking tell me, man. Uh, but it seems like Shrek and Rube really had some good adventures together. Um, there was a time when they were in Florida where they discovered a, an ostrich farm. Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> and they uh, busted into the ostrich farm, and they were riding ostriches around. Uh, Rube got bit by a gator at the ostrich farm. Dude, it's got to suck to be one of those ostriches. <laughs> just fucking, you're already kind of in a weird, precarious situation, because I'm assuming the ostrich farm is a farm for food. Yeah. And birds are smart enough to know why they're fucking hanging out most of the time so i only imagine <laughs> that ostrich farms like the ostriches know what's going on and that's why they're dicks yeah uh, but then just some giant dude appears out of nowhere wrangles your ass down jumps on your back and rides your ass all over the place <laughs> for a second you'd think you were gonna get free and that this guy was some like radical human that's like on the side but then you yeah. find out he's just some crazy drunk guy with fucking bipolar issues <laughs> Um, but after that experience where he got bit by the gator, he was like, I should get into gator wrestling. And mm. he did for a while. He went back to the ostrich farm and convinced them to allow him into the gator enclosure to wrestle the gators. Back when you were allowed to just do that. <laughs> you can still legally wrestle a gator. There's just paperwork involved now. Yeah. I guess at the time... There were that was like kind of a thing. Like it was a little bit of a local show kind of around the area. It's like there's dudes just wrestling gators. Yeah, that's still a thing. That that oh, didn't yeah, that sure. didn't go away. Uh <laughs> I like to call those hick sports. Yeah. And noodling goes on that as well, where it's like, okay, that's dangerous and dumb. Why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. But I mean that's all I got about Rube. He's a fantastic man. I'm a big fan of his. I feel like this guy got massively abused and just got super lucky <laughs> that he enjoyed most of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And they they literally called him a rube the whole time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's none they no one was nice to this person. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he I mean most of the accounts it just seems like he was really happy to be there. But I wonder if at times I mean, he would get violent at times. But I wonder. That's if what. He no, also... I'm assuming that this guy had like some manic bipolar going on. Yeah, and that he just lived more in the manic state, probably, and was just going <laughs> for it all the time and super cheery, and then like snapped and went. What? <laughs> I, there's no mayonnaise on my sandwich. <laughs> Oops, your arm's broken. Oh man! Speaking of sandwiches, uh, he did one time show up at Connie Max Hotel at 1 a.m. With a sandwich that he called pizzazz. <laughs> and it was uh, Lindbergh cheese and stale onions. It I came mean, up in multiple stories. That's uh, a pizzazz sandwich. That's a fucking thing, man.
Sand- you gotta there's two things one the sandwiches are one of the few things that you can do at like in between one and five in the morning that is yeah. a good idea yeah like you go and you make yourself your fucking weird hour clandestine sandwich any way you fucking want in the darkness of the night yeah but also naming your own kind of sandwich is a very good thing because i you should have ownership of things yeah i agree like i make this uh i don't actually know which i call it a slew <laughs> but it's keelan slew and it's just uh bacon like crunchy bacon uh pepperoncinis jalapenos red onion and then like any other kind of pickled stuff if you want it and you just throw that shit under some of those guillotine cutters and just chop it super super fine until it's like smaller than what you would do a tabernod and you mm. use that as a spread sounds delicious good a little roast, spicy roast beef sandwich nice hot roast beef yeah i used to make that <laughs> shit do you remember chopped yeah they're still in, around in tucson oh fuck dude those guys those guys were fucked up yeah that's like uh, they they're normal fucked up for a restaurant but like as people they had a really sick sense that's a place that had the sophie's choice as the sandwich <laughs> yeah. and i was like I wait what the fuck and i was like the only person who knew what that meant that worked there <laughs> but uh yeah that i used because they make you uh do everything in front of everybody that yeah, was like I the sandwich that. I would make was a hot roast beef sandwich with that on it and cheddar cheese. And I'd just be making it in front of everybody, but not on shift anymore. And people would be like, I want what he's. I'm just like, no, nah, this would be $42 <laughs> if if I were willing to serve it to you. Yeah, that's slew. Yeah, that's fucking good. <laughs> anyway, you can find me on Instagram at Jane Fritz. That's J A I N underscore Fritz. And Adam says other stuff. <laughs> I am also on Instagram. I am a VR Frittatas. And we also have a Twitch account you can check us out on. We are UPP underscore Playa. P L A Y A. We're uh we're playing through The Last of Us Two right now. I think we're kind of getting towards the end. I have no idea how to gauge it because once <laughs> it was like, I thought it was going to be longer, and we're already at the halfway mark. So I don't know if we're playing fast, but yeah. I feel like our last dying session, we didn't <laughs> get very far at all. True. True. All right. Anyway, bye. Later, guys. I feel like I have a more uh, acoustic voice today. I do. I don't know if that might be because I have like an ear infection or something. Because that's usually what shit like that means. A new hole has appeared in your head. Oh uh, yeah, it's the third eye. <laughs> Unfortunately, mine had no eyeball in it, so now my brain's cold. <laughs> <laughs>